Whose house? Blumhouse. I say whose house? Blumhouse. <laughs> say what? 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 Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and we have a very special episode for you. We will be talking about the production company of Blumhouse. Not Bloomhouse. Blumhouse. Blum. Blumhouse Blum. Productions. Rhymes with plum. Rhymes with dumb. Um, <laughs> and rhymes with um. Wow. <laughs> So, that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode. But before we do that, it's time to introduce you to... Oh, sorry. Time to introduce you to the podcast crew. One night a year, there are no laws or and no rules. And he chooses to use that time to tear tags off of mattresses. John Stalter, everybody. Hey, everybody. What's up, John? We set up an, a camera in his bedroom. And what we saw was way scarier than anything in paranormal activity. And it wasn't a ghost. Sam Hayes! (laughs) (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Some people pronounced Ouija as Ouija. He pronounces it as that game from Parker Brothers, Jason Bollinger. That's me! (laughs) Hello, everyone. That takes batteries. Oh. Oh, we'll save that story. Uh, <laughs> last, but certainly not least, the last time she visited visited her grandparents, she got a poopy diaper shoved in her face. But that's a normal Thanksgiving for her. Terry Turford, everybody. <laughs> so true, so true. Hey, everybody. So yeah, for Halloween of Palooza, um, for part of the decor, Jason bought a Ouija board. You know, that you buy in the toy aisle. Uh-huh. And... Board games aisle. In the board games aisle. It took batteries. What? What? Yeah. It took two AAA batteries. What? For, for what? The planchette? Yeah. For, yeah. Whatever that is. Does it light up or something? It, I assume. We didn't ever put batteries in it. I've been <laughs> curious ever since. It does still work. Fuck that. that. That's work. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have batteries at the time. I remember you coming out and like, uh, why'd you buy the one with the batteries? I didn't know. It's hilarious. How's everybody doing? Pretty kick-ass. Good. It's December. It's almost almost Christmas. Oh, don't remind me. (laughs) Yeah, Scrooge. But you know what that means, right? What does that mean? That means only t- ten more months till Halloween. <laughs> you were counting yeah. that whole time. I was you? counting. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, like I said, this episode we're going to talk about Bloom House. Why? What brought this up? Where did this come it's from? It's actually. I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked, Jason. <laughs> um, sometimes we struggle to come up with topics. When I say we, I mean I struggle to come up with topics for this episode. 
and then Terry just pulls shit out of a hat and it's gold. But she right. had posted for him. She had posted at one point on our message um, messenger that uh, why don't we do when we do production houses as a topic. And instantly I thought of Bloom House because I mean that's extreme. What Bloom? Damn it! I did it. <laughs> yep. I was I could let it go. A, I'm sorry. Son of a we should count dick. them. There's one. Yep. I'll start a tally list. <laughs> Blum, Blumhouse Productions because it's really topical. I mean that that's probably and as I've learned by researching this topic, it's like one of the the most uh, um producing the most prolific prolific uh, production company independent production company for horror out there right now. And I was just uh, shocked and awe of the films that are under the, the Blumhouse um, label. So I couldn't believe it. So thank you, Terry, for this topic because it was really interesting researching this uh, uh, for this episode. So it's all thanks to you. I'm awesome like that. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway... <laughs> Um, right to her head. Before yeah. we get what? Hmm? Right to her head. Yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do, uh, before we get into the topic, I think we should do some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. Okay, here's the headlines, this time on Killer News. John Carpenter's Village of the Damned is getting a Blu-ray release this spring. Just in time to remind us that John Carpenter didn't always make good movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so true. Have you guys seen it? It's been Uh, forever since I saw it. It is bad. Well, one, you should never have Christy Alley in a horror movie. (laughs) That's in some rule book somewhere. <laughs> or any movie, for that matter, really. Um, Ooh, summer uh, School? No. Oh, okay. damn it. You're right. Summer School is awesome. Ha! Yeah. Trumped you. Yeah. Not because of her, though. No, but still yeah. awesome movie. But still awesome movie. And and Christopher Reeves, who's awesome, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's, you think John Carpenter horror movie. You know, Christopher Reeves and Christy Alley are not the first two names that would probably come to mind. It'd probably be Donald Pleasance and um, um, Kurt Russell would be the first two names that come to mind. But anyway, I digress. So that'll be awesome. A Blu-ray release of that, right? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, what else we got in the headlines? <clears throat> Fred Decker is currently writing the new Predator script. <clears throat> And yeah. hopefully he will do for Predator that he did for Robocop. Put a jetpack on his back and allow him to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, only hope. I know we joked about this a little bit on, on our messenger, but did anybody read more into it? I mean, I'm excited. I'm just happy. I've been, what, wishing for how long now that Fred Decker do more film work? I don't Maybe care. Something? Yeah, mm-hmm. something. What was what, uh, yes. Uh. Uh. I think Terry, you were the one that first brought it up. Oh yeah, well yeah, I saw it and I posted the the link 
Because um, you're always Googling Monster Squad constantly. <laughs> right. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen RoboCop 3, so I don't, I'm not really familiar with that one. But I love his other movies. I'm not oh, sure yeah. how well that's going to play with a Predator film, but I'd be interested in watching it. Well, that's, and that's what I hope, too, that it's it's like his, his body of work, where it kind of blends different genres. Even, yeah. his, even in his writing, like he wrote the original House movie, mm. uh, the horror movie, and... Yeah. Um, and even that has like a lot of mix of, of genres in it. It's not just like a haunted house movie, you know. It's like yeah. a Vietnam story in there, and it's a comedy, and all this, all these wacky monsters and things. So, which is really, I mean, to me, that's like Fred Decker's, you know, his calling card is 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 blending blending genres in a single film. So, I'm excited to see what he what he does with it. For sure. I just didn't know if anybody had any more details. Okay, what else we got in the news? <clears throat> producers are uh, producers are selling the rights to Return to Living Dead: Rave to the Grave on eBay. <laughs> I was hoping you'd see that. <laughs> uh, I was hoping he wouldn't. <laughs> the filmmakers claim to be selling the rights due to their inability to store the thirty-five millimeter elements, which poses the question: They made that piece of shit on thirty-five millimeter. <laughs> Grave to the grave. Woo! Right? Come on, guys. No. Let it go to waste. <laughs> I've always said, man, like, I would always, I always said, like, zombie films have to be the easiest subgenre to make. How can you fuck up a zombie movie? And then Rave to the Grave came out. <laughs> like, it's not even, it's not even, I, I, you can't even say it's not consistent with the franchise. It's not even consistent with its own movie. Like, some zombies get shot in the head and they're still coming at you. Other zombies get shot in the shoulder and they go down. You know, it's like so inconsistent on what's going on in that movie. It's just so bad. And also, how sad uh, is it for the filmmakers to call it... Well, they promoted it like, you can own this movie. (laughs) Like, really, they just want to get out. They just want to make some money. And there's obviously no use for this film anymore. Yeah, it's all a publicity stunt, and I mean I don't know what they're gonna get, what you would get out of it, out of it for publicity wise if they're selling the rights. But yeah, Rave to the Grave, awesome. <clears throat> Here's an interesting bit of news for for you, Jason. Oh, I just read before we started recording that uh, Nightlight. Is going to be on Showtime. I just saw that too. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Some some old Iowa friends of ours uh, who are trying to make it out in in the big leagues out in California. The Hollywoods. Um, made night light, and I first thought it was awesome when I when uh, I was in the video store and saw Nightlife on Nightlight on the shelf. But now, how cool is that? It's going to be showing on Showtime. That's awesome, man. Very cool. I'm so so happy for him. Super proud. Yeah. Such a good movie, too. Oh, yeah, a great movie. Like, yeah, it goes beyond our connection. The movie's actually fucking awesome. Yeah, it is a really good movie. If you haven't happy seen it, you should definitely check it out. 
And lastly in the news, saving was saving this one for last, and there will probably be horror fans out there to uh, argue with me for putting this in our in our news segment, but I don't care. He doesn't care. It's his show. That's right. Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> is at 3.6 million on their Kickstarter campaign. So we are definitely getting six new episodes. Woo! Oh yeah. <laughs> Next stop is 4.4 million to get nine episodes. And what's the final for 12? I think it's 8 million. I thought it was 8 million. But what got me even more excited Besides the fact we are getting some new episodes, but the cast. Have you guys seen this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of it, anyway, yeah. Well, first, I got excited when they announced uh, Felicia Day as um, the new mad scientist. Uh-oh. Awesome. Nope. What? Nope. Nope. No. What do you mean, no? Nope. John Can't hates her. Oh, really? I did not know that. With a fiery passion. But what, what did she ever do to Oswald. you? Eh, her face. What? <laughs> she didn't do that. I just, I just, I really just, I, I don't get why everybody likes her. I just don't get it. What was that show? That was awesome. The um, you know the, thing? the guild, the guild. Yeah, that was good. I didn't like that. All right. Aww. But yes, uh, I think you said it, John. The the cool, the coolest one though, right? Everybody can agree. Patton Oswald as yeah. her as her assistant Holy that's shit. awesome that made very awesome so much sense when they showed the picture it was like way too close <laughs> that's right as as it was uh billed in the article i read tv's son of tv's frank <laughs> it would be his character's name that's awesome so that's exciting Yep, super exciting. <laughs> you betcha. Okay, so that's it for killer news. Unless anybody has anything they wanted to throw in there. Nope. Nope. Fair enough. All right, we should probably get to the uh, topic at hand. Blumhouse Productions. <laughs> Founded by Jason Blum. Blum. Uh, okay, here's where I um, was confused in some of my research. I don't know if anybody else can shed light on it. According to Wikipedia, um, he founded Blumhouse in the year 2000. But the first film that I could find, anyway, that was that was re- that was done by Blumhouse was Paranormal Activity. Which was released in 2009. So it went like nine years before they released anything? Well, looking at their filmography, they have titles going back to like 2006 at least. Really? Like what? Uh, On their IMDb, they've got like the Darwin Awards and Stage Door and some stuff. Okay. Paranormal Activity was 07, anyway. Is what this... Well, Wikipedia is completely different from... Yeah, well, I found so many different years for Paranormal Activity, I just... Yeah. Yeah, well, it had floated around for a while before it 
got the wide release. And that was my assumption too, is that like it was it was being shopped around because I had heard at one time the the talks was that there, that a studio was going to buy it just to remake it and not release the original mm-hmm. film. But then, and then when it finally landed in, in Jason's hands, he decided to release it on its own merit. So yeah, so that that probably has a lot to do with with the inconsistency in the years for sure. But yeah, that is weird. If it started in two thousand, you said, and they, you know, still that's like a long period of time to like not make anything. Yeah, yeah, very weird. But you know. He obviously is doing something right. I'll tell you that right now, based on just my research that I'm doing. So maybe he just needed that time to really establish things or find the right project to get things off the ground or what have you. So, but for sure, like very prolific. Did you say it's like the most prolific studio right now? I don't know, studio? but I don't want to. This is like I didn't do the yeah yeah. They've got like at least a hundred credits since you know in the last ten years. So that's pretty insane well and i mean in horror just the the sheer number of things that they put out especially like the bigger titles they've they've got a pretty good monopoly on a lot of them it seems like yeah and i'm starting to wonder if my original list is probably not correct uh, based on what you guys are saying but just based off of my list alone from 2009 to 2015 they have produced 40 films Jesus. 40 films in six years, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And 30 of those were horror films, so that's really awesome. Super awesome. Now, to put that in even more context, maybe for um, for maybe the older horror fans, uh, Roger Corman, who I have always considered probably one of the most prolific producers ever, uh, yeah. who is just churning out stuff one right after another. I look, I flipped through his filmography and he had like over 400 producing credits. Um, so I tried finding like the, the uh, years that were, had the most. And I think I narrowed it down. Be, um, and again, a six year, a six year span uh, between 1970 and 1976. And he produced 41 films. So I, th- I, you know, and that's back in the day when you can like, you know, produ- make movies, produce these mo- movies for next to nothing, and get them shown in like mom pa theaters. You know that I like the avenues. Well, I guess I can't say that really because there's a lot of avenues nowadays. But, but I mean, it was definitely it was just a different time. But also, if you want to go to compare, um, compare the the just the quality of the productions. Yeah, you know, not to take anything from away from the stuff Roger Corman was putting out because I love all that stuff, but you know, let's let's be honest. <laughs> you know, uh, there's there's definitely much more production uh, quality going on in the forty films in in yeah. um, Blumhouse than there was in the forty one films that Roger Corman was doing in the seventies. So, yeah. So, well, oh, oh no, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. Um... According to IMDb, if they actually produce all the films that it says they will in 2016, they already have 13. Jeepers. For one year. And it looks like a majority of those are horror-related as well. Now, there's probably skeptics out there right now saying, well, yeah, but like, the majority of that is these found footage 
films, blah, blah, blah. Not really. No. No, not at all. There's a, there's a big chunk of that. And here's the, here's the even more impressive thing, okay, that I found. And, and again, this is why I was comparing to Roger Corman. The biggest budgeted film that I had found in the in the six year span, there was a couple like Insidious Chapter Three was made for ten million dollars. That is the biggest budgeted film out of all of these. That is such a small budget, and that is a tiny budget. <laughs> Most of these films are budgeted for like one point five, two million, up to five million dollars, and that's it. There's yeah. you know take like Paranormal Activity was fifteen thousand dollars to make that movie. And that's like their highest grossing movie probably that they've put out. Almost 200 $200 million gross on paran- on the first paranormal activity. Jeez. Freaking nuts. Crazy. And to put that even to more perspective to depress me, I think I think legend has it we spent $15,000 making that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what did it re- yield? Hundred dollars. Hundred bucks. Hundred dollars gross. Hundred bucks. We bought pizza with it. Leave us alone. <laughs> the Gallows is another one that was only made for a hundred thousand dollars, and then took home forty-two million dollars. It's just nuts. So, and, and not to say they didn't have any losses. They they've had a couple losses, but when you're talking about numbers like that, to spend so little, that that's not a risk. You know, if it if it doesn't work, in it you're not m- missing out on money. Take a movie like Lords of Salem, broke even. That movie was made for 1.5 million, which was the budget of our film Collapse, and it and it just and it broke even at 1.5 million. You know, you could take those risks. You could say, hey, Rob Zombie, here's a couple million dollars. Do whatever the hell you want. You know, you aren't risking much because you're more than likely able to make that budget back. So it's, yeah, I'm just in awe. I look into these numbers and looking at these titles. We should probably get into some of these titles. <laughs> anybody, anybody want to start with one? John, how about you? Um, well, let's, I'd say we could talk about, uh, Sinister. Not my not my favorite movie ever, but those short little uh, family uh, films or whatever were creepy as hell. And I still haven't seen Sinister. I was planning on watching it before this episode, and I didn't get a chance to. Well, son of a bitch. Same. <laughs> What's anybody? Sin- anybody else see this, or is it just me? I have. I've seen the first one. Yeah, I've only seen the first one too. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it looked awesome. And a lot of people were talking awesome about it. Yeah, I I just I actually went and saw this one in the theater, and I feel I I barely remember most of it. I just remember that I was so disappointed in the ending. Oh yeah. Whatever. I was just so mad. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, the production value on it though was it was great. Like, it looked really great, and you had some pretty big stars in it. I mean, Ethan Hawke and. I mean, it's, it's got its moments. I mean, it's not a bad movie by any means. It's just there yeah. are a few uh, letdowns, and of course the ending. But those uh, those films that he finds are some of the creepiest things I've ever seen in a in a mainstream movie. Can't talk about all of them because some people haven't seen it. But <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, definitely. Was... I'll never, never look at uh, mowing the lawn the same way. <laughs> mm, interesting. Huh. Kind of intrigues me a little bit. Because I like mowing the lawn. You won't have to. Used to. <laughs> yeah, used to like mowing the lawn. <laughs> Wait a minute, seriously? You like mowing the lawn? What the fuck? What the fuck? Actually, <laughs> I actually do. I got the headphones on. I can zone out, and I'm good well, to go. Well, uh, next summer, drive your ass up here, and you can mow my lawn every other week. I didn't say that. I'll pay you. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, well, and I'm probably going to do this to the point of annoying everybody throughout the entire episode, but Sinister, $3 million budget, $82 million gross. Damn. Yeah. But again, you guys had seen Sinister. It looks like there's mm-hmm. more money on that screen than $3 million, right? Wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, there wasn't, I mean, as far as, like, locations, like, it was pretty much all set in the same spot, so I'm sure that kind of mm. cut back on some of their budgeting, because it's all in, like, the same house, but... Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it looked great, but that can fall on the backs of the guys making it. And it's a ghosty movie, right? Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Oh, you guys are so cryptic. <laughs> it's it kind of concerns a demon in oh, a way. Yeah. Oh, demony stuff. Got it. Demony. Demony. Demony crickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your new laugh, Terry? You're trying. I don't. Out? I don't. I don't know what that was. Okay. Just, can, just go. Just move on. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> There's the laugh. I know. Okay. Alright, so Sinister kind of sounds like a meh from both you guys. I mean, I own it. It's, I mean, it's decent, but it's not like a standout movie for me at all. Huh. I remember Justin talking it up. Justin was? Yeah. Yeah, well, Justin's not always right, Jason. I didn't think Justin had seen anything (laughs) made since the year 2000. I know, that's also true. I actually, speaking of Justin, I saw him tweeting something about how great Blumhouse has been as a production company for horror films lately. Oh. And I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, maybe he should have been on this episode. Maybe yeah. he should have. <laughs> can't, he can't do Thursdays. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. We'll blame him. Yep. I mean, Friday nights, that's when this is. It's live. Yeah. Live episode. Live. Yeah. <laughs> From our mouths to your ears. <laughs> but Friday morning, right. afternoon. We do it all day, so whenever you download right. it. Right, yeah. Totes. Totes. <laughs> Alright. Again, just looking at this list. Just, ah. Uh, just Im- <laughs> so impressed. I'm just impressed. I want to jump back to Roger Corman here again, man. Like... He, Roger Corman, have, you know, kept having to kind of, like, reinvent himself, like, about every, about every decade or so, as far as, as the business, of the business model, and how to, how to produce these things for no money, and re, and make a profit, and be able to sell these movies, and to the point now where all he really does is produce sh- the you know sh- shitty CGI movies for Sci-Fi Channel. 
but it just it just feels like and looks like to me that that Blumhouse is is following in those Roger Corman footsteps and they're doing it they're doing it right they figured out how to do it you know they've they've cornered all the markets you know they they have stuff that's played theatrically stuff that's exclusive to VOD um you know stuff exclusive to Netflix they it's you know they have figured out the uh, Roger Corman formula and be able to do it in the day in the days of where Roger Corman can't really seem to be doing it or the Lloyd Kaufmans or the Charles Bands like and again I go back to the quality of the productions are so much better infinitely better yeah <clears throat> Sam what uh what um Blumhouse film do you want to talk about um, well, I watched, uh, I watched a couple in preparation for this on, on Netflix. I watched, uh, Oculus the other day. Has yeah, anyone else nice. seen Oculus? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm going to let you start though. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oculus. Alright, so this movie, it's about Amir and, uh... And shit is fucked. Alright. <laughs> shit is fucked up. It's like... <laughs> so, no, it's like... It's like this old mirror made out of, like, Bavarian wood. It's from, like, this Scottish castle back in the day, and somehow it comes into the possession of this, uh, this family and, uh, fucks people up. Yeah, it it like, it like induces, uh, 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 you know, changes people's perceptions so they see shit, and uh, that's what it's about. <laughs> kind of a not really a not really a killer mirror, but yeah, like you hear him uh, pitching this natural. somewhere. There's this killer yeah. mirror, and you gotta <laughs> like, and you gotta defeat it. Well, a mirror, yeah. well, like the the mirror itself doesn't really kill people, but it like. You know, Makes, fucks with their yeah. their perceptions to where they are like Dude. influenced in evil ways. Yeah, very mysterious, very mysterious. But uh, I liked it. What do you guys think? I liked it too. It's been like probably about a year since I've seen it, so I'm working really hard to try to remind myself of what happened. But well, the general plot was that um, there's this there's a brother and sister and the sister is trying to exonerate her brother because he was put into like a jail slash psych hospital because um, they blamed him for their parents' death but she's trying to prove that it was the mirror and not him Mm -hmm. so they do like these weird experiments and stuff on the mirror trying to catch it in the act yeah it's very like sort of uh you know almost kind of ghostbusters-esque or like you know sci-factor-esque it's got that whole parapsychology element to it you know like paranormal activity they're like trying to like you know scientifically you know observe this thing Mm -hmm. and uh it just does like very weird like 14 things like it 
like it feeds on plants. Like that's one thing they never really explain. There are like kind of a few plot holes. Like why well, does it feed on plants? Well, it feeds on humans. Like it feeds on life force. Like they kind. I think they kind of say something about that. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it though. Too. Maybe I just inferred that. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of unclear. It doesn't. Because on one hand, it doesn't really seem like it can manipulate matter. It's more, it manipulates perception. And that's why Mm -hmm. people are, like, influenced to kill. And yet, it does, like, very clearly, like, suck these plants dry. So, like, maybe you're right. Maybe it's, like, a life force thing, like you said. But what does that even mean? Like, what is, I don't know, just kind of a plot hole. Which isn't, you know, necessarily bad, but the movie definitely raises some questions that maybe, uh, I don't know. It'd be cool if they made, like, a sequel and they could, like, get further into it and kind of explain more. Aren't they? I thought I heard that they were. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Maybe they are. I don't, I don't know. It definitely, you know, sets things up for a sequel at the end. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Because, like, the, the mirror's still intact, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It, uh, the mirror's fine. It wins. <laughs> it wins. Man, I just remember Spoiler that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that, the first time, like, she's setting up her cameras and explaining her experiment, and you're going along with it, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, sort of. Yeah. You know, so, and, like, but the first time it reveals itself as the mirror had taken over it was just like holy fuck yeah and then when things when things really start getting weird um you just kind of reach this point of like man they're they're not gonna be able to outsmart this mirror you know because who's to say what's reality you know right Mm -hmm. that's that's the the big things like you just you question reality through the whole second and third act of this movie yeah it's so fucked up. Like, like, I, like I said, you you know, there's a lot of stuff they don't explain, and you wonder like, what's causing it to like do this? Like the like they go into like the backstory of like some of the past victims too, and like, mm-hmm. like some fuck like some fucking lady. She like, she died of dehydration of dehydration sitting in a bathtub full of water. Hmm. She, she was in a tub full of water, yet she died of dehydration. Like that's how. Yeah. crazy this mirror is like and they don't really do do they they don't really give like the background of the mirror no i mean you know it's from like at least like uh what like the 18th century i guess yeah, yeah. which i'm yeah. fine with i don't need to be told where this mm-hmm. mirror came from i like the fact that it's left up in the air yeah i don't evil. need like everything explained exactly it's just you know it does make evil. you wonder. Evil for the but, sake uh, of being evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah it they, works with Oculus, not with Knock Knock. <laughs> <laughs> that. You quoted yourself from last week, so... <laughs> will not let it stand. Uh, that's going to be brought up every single episode now. I think so. I... Uh, yeah, I just I remember a lot of the flashback sequences, um, and like the guy who played the father, 
it was hard to take him seriously and not think of Empire Records. Uh, He's a good actor and everything. It's uh, just I always just think of Empire guy. Records. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rory Cochran. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, him. <laughs> that dude. That guy. I had a hard problem <laughs> with Karen Gillan after watching Doctor Who. Okay. That's, oh. that's the oh. lead lady. <laughs> the redhead. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which, uh, which doctor? Which doctor who? who? Nice. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> Is it the 12th doctor? Or the 11th doctor? Or the 13th um, she doctor? She was with the Shit. Tom Baker? 11th doctor. Matt Smith. Oh, that one. Shut up. You're trying to mess with her. Just... <laughs> Alright, I've seen an episode. So, Oculus was made for $5 million and grossed $44.1 million. Jesus. So, awesome! And again, that yeah. movie feels like it's it's more than just $5 million. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sharp. I mean... And again, it's another. I think that's where they can get away with these low budgets by just keep churning out horror films because it's another one that's just like majority of it's a single location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that with a lot of these uh, Blumhouse, not Blumhouse, Blumhouse productions. Like a lot of them are like you know primarily one location. I think I don't know if that's a coincidence, but well, that's, that's how you keep a, the budget down for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. For Which sure. Is, uh, yeah, good lesson for uh, filmmakers, I guess. If you want to make a low-budget movie, just use one location. Yep, don't go anywhere. There you go. <laughs> don't <laughs> just stick to your basement, your <laughs> crummy mom's basement, and right. you too can be a, a filmmaker. You too can have a production house that makes. Grosses millions of dollars. Spends no money. <laughs> Anybody else have anything to say about Oculus? The Apple scene. Yeah, oh, was, the, yeah, that was uh, light, <sighs> the light bulb. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they spoil in the trailer. Now that I remember. They do. Yeah. I was so yeah. pissed yeah. about but it, that. But it's still fucked up in the movie. It's like ah. For it sure. Is pulling glass out of my mouth. <laughs> We've all been yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was tough to watch. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Jason, what about you? Bloom House. What's... Well, for me, it all comes down Blum. to the... That was too... God damn it. Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm going to mark that <laughs> down. I'm really untallying this. <sighs> but, but for me, it all comes down to... The movie that really changed it all for him and and took it somewhere, and that's Gem and the Holograms. Now that's a horror movie. <laughs> no. Which is one of the few uh, that lost money, guys. It was made for $5 million, gross 2.8. And was in the theater for two weeks. That no one knew. I think that's part of the problem. I didn't even know yeah, it existed earlier. No, one, and no one cared that it existed. Yeah, so I knew yeah. it was coming out, but... Wait, well, you guys didn't have the dolls? The show, so. Was I the only one that had the dolls? You were the only one. I mean... I were, had the dolls. Oh, wait, what? They were for my nieces. They weren't mine. 
Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. did the visit? That's awesome. Yeah, they put out the visit, man. Son of a bitch. That's why I'm just like... It's it just nice shocked. Yeah. That we went and saw in the theater. It was awesome. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. The visit. Did you guys get to see it? No. But I nope. do want to see that. I it's, have not seen it either. Okay, we'll try not to be too spoilery, but uh oh it's awesome. We loved it. It was really yeah. good. Really good. Um real quick, five million dollar budget, nine ninety five point three million dollar gross. So yay for M night. Mm-hmm. Finally. That's why I didn't go see it in the theater. Hey. Come on. <laughs> M night's good. Um it's great. So for those who have not seen it and are not that familiar with it, all you saw was the trailer where the old woman's telling her to get into the stove and clean it. Um, um, it's about the it's about these uh, this, these two kids. Uh, the mother is divorced, um, but she's dating this new guy. She's going on a cruise, and so she's shipping the kids off to the grandparents who they've never met their grandparents before because the the mother left home on bad terms with her parents and hadn't spoken to her parents in years. So the kids get to get to uh, visit Grandma and Grandpa for the first time. And the daughter, the girl, is an aspiring filmmaker. So she's documenting the whole thing. And she's also using this as a, as a tool to kind of help bridge the gap between um, her mother and her grandparents, try to rebuild that relationship. And then the the boy, he's a wannabe rap star. Oh, man, he's so funny, though. <laughs> anyway, so they go, um, they get picked up by the grandparents, and they spend this week with their grandparents, but just things start getting weirder and weirder and weirder as, as the days go on. Um what do you want to add to that? That's brief? where I'd stop. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> it's too good after that. But, um, yeah, I was just going to say, so it is a found footage film. Yes. And it felt pretty good to me. You yeah. Know, as far yeah. As, as how you feel about found footage films nowadays. Some either really work or some don't. and it and, seemed pretty good. And for you know, most of the good. most of the movie, it makes sense why the camera is still rolling, and they do some great use of it uh-huh. in in some of the scarier scenes or more suspenseful scenes, moments, and stuff. So they yeah. they use it as a storytelling tool mm-hmm. as well, which is really good. Um, yeah, I definitely highly recommend checking it out, guys. Man, I want to say more about it. Don't do it. Just happy to see M. Night with some horror. Mm-hmm. As as lifelong uh, fans, what's, what's unconditional loving fans? <laughs> you, I you, am more than you. Both of us, yes. I feel like I have to defend him a lot as well, but you are definitely way more than me. Because I, I still can't get over the happening. So. Oh, so good. 
It was good until the ending, man. Oh, anyway. Uh, neither <laughs> this again. Yeah. Um, this is the only thing that I still that still bothers me about the film. I don't say it bothers me, but just totally, it's a little off at points. Like I just remember um, in the visit, in the visit that they were uh, like at some before the movie had come out. Um, some people were, you know, saying it's a straight horror film. Others were saying... The trailers were all way more comedy. Yeah, but were they? Because I really think even those images in the, um, in the, uh, trailer could be taken either way. Yeah, but I thought you said beforehand that you were afraid it was going to be a comedy. Well, I don't know if I say it was a, if I'd be afraid if it was a comedy. Well, see, an IMDb says it's horror thriller, so there's no mention of comedy. Now, there's, there's definitely some humorous moments, but, you know, a, a lot of horror films that are considered comedies still have some levity with some, some humor... But, like, okay, the one scene that I still could not decide if it was supposed to be for comedy or not, and it was in the trailer, and even watching the film I couldn't decide, is when the boy walks in on his grandpa in the shed with the shotgun. Oh, I was just cleaning it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of funny, but is it supposed to be? I don't know. It was, I think it was dark as, as fuck. Yeah. But it is a funny joke if it's, you know, I mean. I guess. I mean, because that's because in a moment like that, I mean, it's a, it's a, sh- it's a shocking moment. You know, there's a little bit of suspension, ten- there's a little bit of tension built up to that moment where, like, he's kind of creeping, he's looking for Grandpa, and then opens the door, and boom, there's Grandpa. So, so that, there's there's your setup for the for the scare, for the horror. Um, and then once you have that, then you have his line, which could be the levity of the situation, kind of, kind of bringing you back down a little bit. But. And then after you. You giggle, you're like, holy shit, that was... What the fuck was he doing? <laughs> exactly. Maybe that was serious. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What if he got there a minute later? What's that? What if he would got there a minute later? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, the visit, go see it. <laughs> In theaters every... No, it's not. Coming out soon. I wonder when it will have when it will come out. When words? What? Yeah. Probably in another month or two. Yeah, Terry said I so. Guess. I would guess. I mean, they crank them out so quickly anymore. Yeah. Well, cool. And Man. I'm going to jump in. Um... Please. Speaking of M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. That's not um, how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Shyamalan. 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 How do I say it? 
<laughs> anyway. Um, you started red right over here, guys. Get to the point. <laughs> Blumhouse is actually producing what looks like what either his next or one of his next uh, films called Split. Oh. It's already, I mean, it's on IMDb. It's not rumored. Like, it has a full cast listed, hmm. but... Um, they aren't leaking the plot or the poster or anything yet, but it's due out in 2017, so it's filming now. So they've already got their claws in the next one. So. That's cool. Yeah, I just pulled it up too. Super yeah, full awesome. cast list doesn't, but not giving you anything on what the movie's about. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Split personalities. I don't know. Hmm. It's a thriller, Mike. Is what it says. Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 is the visit a horror and a thriller? It's not. It's a goddamn <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> Fucking thrillers. <sighs> I think we should do an episode on pet pee, our pet peeves uh, in the horror community. One of mine is the use of the word thriller. Really, J- we didn't know that. One of Jason's is mispronouncing M. Night Shyamalan's name. Apparently. And mine is the fact that people still like The Walking Dead. Yep. I was <laughs> yeah, just say apparently, that. yeah. Uh, the Visit. You should visit that one. Oh. oh. <laughs> You're welcome. I just wrote that. Segway Master. <laughs> oh, what else? Um. Sam, you said you watched two movies to prepare for this episode. What was the other one? Uh, I watched uh, The Lazarus Effect. Me too. Anyone else seen Oh, great. I saw the theater. You wow. saw it at the theater? It was in the theater? Yeah. Really? Yep. Nice. Um, so who wants to explain it? Because I can't. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the fuck happened in that movie. It's kind of like Flatliners meets Reanimator, but meets Lawnmower Man. Yeah, that's a good way of putting <laughs> meets, it. Uh, meets, uh, what? What's Toy what? Story? What? <laughs> well, because, because like a Lion King thrown in for good measure, but anyway, it's totally Lawnmower Man because like she, there's the I, I don't know what happens in this movie. What does she become? the hell first of all spoiler alert but by the end of this movie she's got more superpowers than god so i don't know what's going on i just i kind of figured she uh well i don't, I don't want to spoil the movie but i just kind of figure she turns into a demon kind of thing like something happens when she uh crosses over i guess i don't know see that's no uh, i think i think i thought i know what happened okay <laughs> please, I'm like, please explain <laughs> Is it that confusing? I just thought... uh, It was to me. I'm just dumb. All right. All right. So basically, there's this group of scientists, and uh, uh, one of them's like a husband and wife duo, but they're like experimenting with, uh, you know, reanimation, trying to bring the dead back. And uh, they use the serum, and it's like the basis of it is, uh, you know, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which... uh, you know, it's a psychedelic compound in your in your brain, in your pineal gland. But they just fucking pump people's brains full of this shit, and that's what brings them back to life. But like they, you know, because they're like looking at the uh, 
the computer and like at one point they explained that you know most people they're only using 10% of their brain at a time but I guess by pumping all this DMT in their brain they're like you know using all of their brain at once not just the 10% so I just figured that's what would what happened so basically you know unlike normal people when uh, she comes back to life she's like you know fully activated so she's using like you know all her physical power all her mental power and I just figured that's what gave her all those abilities but I don't know or that yeah that makes more sense than a demon (laughs) (laughs) I mean I saw the theater yeah but you're not you're not wrong John but neither is Sam you know because there's all this talk well first of all the title alone, but there's all this talk about like about the afterlife and 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 religion and God yeah. and the devil and all this shit, but yet like there's the whole then there's the whole science angle. It it well first of all this movie um, does not hide its message about you know science over religion at all, um, but it really blurs the line on like re- what the f is really going on. You know is it. Is it something supernatural or is it science? Is it the whole brain thing and just you know, we only use ten percent? Blah 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 thing. But it just doesn't. It it just it just got to the point where for me it started strong and I was and I was into it and I followed through. It's not like I hated this movie i it was enjoyable but it wasn't anything groundbreaking for me like when when once once it's apparent that she's got more superpowers than the justice league x-men and avengers combined that um i just i just kind of was losing interest it was it started losing a lot of gusto for me and I didn't. I wasn't finding any of those moments really scary or horrifying. Um, and I had I had no buy-in in, in in what she was going through. Um, and again, and also it's just like, well, we can just do this cool visual thing and just write it off as this is another power that she has from the from the DMT injection. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I did kind of lack a certain levity for me. Like a lot of these movies, the problem that I have is that, you know, they kind of take themselves too seriously and, you know. Yeah, maybe that was part of the problem too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like maybe she was too powerful. Maybe, you know, it would have been more interesting if she was just, you know, psychokinetic or something instead of like you know (laughs) She-Hulk yeah Yeah, I just don't know I mean John what would you think or Uh. (laughs) okay I think he left. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> Terry, did you get a chance to see this one? Nope. Okay. I mean, 
It's got Mark Duplass in it. That's always you a love bonus him. For me. I do. I love Mark Duplass. But yeah, that's kind of the only reason I watched it. Yeah. Wait, what are we talking about? Lazarus, Lazarus oh. effect. Lazarus. Uh, he's in the movie that I was going to talk about. I thought we had moved on for a second there. I was like, "What? Wait." I think I know which one, but we'll get to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. Like, there was definitely some good character drama. Like, you kind of feel for, you know, the Mark Duplass character and and his wife. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, beyond that, it was kind of, like I said, a little bit too serious for the subject matter. Yeah, but, and again, uh, and again, like, I just, I guess I just don't know really what they're trying, what, where they were trying to go with, with, with her. I mean, was it, again, was it supernatural or was it all natural of what was happening? It just... This was weird. And how come the dog never got superpowers? Uh, did it? I don't think so. It just got moody. Well, dogs don't have souls, so... Oh, yeah. They can't look up, either. No. (laughs) (laughs) But no, didn't it, like... uh, I can't remember. I guess... It grabs... It grabbed some potato chips at one point, and they're like, how to get those potato chips? Yeah, I guess there was some of that. Like, it ransacked the kitchen, at, you know, so it got out of its pen and ransacked the kitchen. But, yeah. And I guess the argument could be made of, like, dogs' brains are smaller than humans, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess... Like, that's my theory as to what happens. Like, they just come back, like, their brains are fully activated, but maybe, like, maybe, like, the soul, whatever that is, is, like, missing when they come back. So it's just all, like... And, you know, because there was all this talk, too, about how, like, this opened the doorway to hell or whatever the shit. Remember that stuff? That Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't, know, we should, I don't know, unless you got anything else you want to say about Sam, I, I, we can move on. No, totally. I mean, okay. it's thought-provoking, all that stuff, but also kind of confusing for the same reason. So, yeah. But worth worth a watch. But oh, yeah. You know, it's not worth the a, best movie. No, not the best movie. It is, and Yeah, but you're right, though. It's worth a watch. I don't know. I just, I, I've always been, i always got a kick out of, like, you know, fake science and horror movies and... and yeah, watching that science go wrong and, and yeah. stuff like I'm you just, mentioned. I'm Rand just like a huge fan out. of like you know anything dealing with you know reanimation, you know Frankenstein, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, ditto. And the fine, I thought the final thing was kind of cool. Yeah, where like she like you know after she superpowers herself, she like brings Mark Duplass back. That's kind of like the last thing you see. Mm-hmm. He was the best part of the movie. Oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, that's a great actor right there. Yeah. He didn't he didn't know. like break out an acoustic guitar and sing an indie song though. I'm actually kind of pissed about that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in uh 
that that movie that uh, I'm now forgetting. Safety but not yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, that's, that is a great flick, by the way, for people that haven't seen it. But yeah, that's good. Did you have anything you wanted to add to um, Lazarus of Lazarus effect, John? No, not really. Okay. I was yeah. I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie that I saw in the theater. There were, I mean, there were parts that were cool, but yeah, I mean, I, I was disappointed when I walked out of the theater. But I mean, that that's just me. But I, I do like the whole reanimation thing, the whole science thing. But I don't know, something about it just didn't work. Cool, fair enough. Okay, so then Terry thought we had moved on to another film. We were talking about Mark Duplass, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that movie was Creep. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, which I had heard. I don't know if this is true, and I was frantically trying to find something online to validate it. But I I'd heard that he had taken this acting job on Lazarus Effect in order to. It was like one of those. It was like a, again. I go back to Roger Corman. It was the Ron Howard deal, where Ron Howard went to Roger Corman and said, you know, hey, you know, I've 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 been in. I've been in a couple of your movies, but I want to direct now. I don't want to just be an actor. And it was one of those deals like, well, if you do this, then you you can do this. So I think it was kind of, my understanding was the same thing. Mark Duplass was looking to finance in the, uh, his next uh, project. And he agreed to do Lazarus Effect in order to do Creep. Now, I could see that. Um, do you want to uh, tell us about Creep, Terry? Sure. Um, it's well, it's a found footage movie, first of all, um, and it follows this video videographer who is answering this ad he saw on Craigslist to go and film someone in this remote place for a day and he goes out there and he comes across Mark Duplass Duplass however you say his Duplass. name Duplass Duplass <laughs> um, <Duples. Blum>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind, of, he's kind of a strange dude and you know you're not, not sure what to think of him and he's he tells him that he's has a terminal illness and that he wants to create a short video diary for his unborn son and things start to unravel and it gets even more strange as you go along and then it just kind of goes crazy toward the end shit hits the fan and it's creepy Creepy. Get it? Cause oh, that's what the creep stands for. Creep. Yeah. Suggest. Without spoiling too much. Who else seen it? Not me. I've seen I it. I want to. What'd you think of it, Sam? Uh, I liked it. Not quite as good as I was hoping, but no, it's, you know, they do a good job with the, with the whole found footage angle, like, you know, working that in. 
-hmm. because he is like making this, uh, you know, video diary at first, which uh, he kind of like references, you know, this Michael Keaton movie. I don't know if you've seen it, um, where they do that same thing. He like records himself my life. for his son. Yeah, yeah, my life. Pretty good that movie. That is a sad, sad movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I love too like like when they're in that mode and you still think he's you know actually what he says he is, which is like this dying dude, and like you know he's like in the bathtub and he's like. <laughs> Okay, son, I'm gonna give you a bath, and he's like, wash, he's like, washing his invisible son, like shampooing yeah. his hair. Weird. It's, it's weird, yeah. Very creepy. You guys don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's creepy, but yeah, at the same time, it's Mark Duplass, so it's funny. So it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, that was my like going into this. Like, I knew he was in it, and. As soon as I saw him, all I could think was Pete from the league. Yes! Like, that's, that's all I, all I could about. think. And I had a hard time with that at first because I wasn't sure, like, they walked that line so well. Like, I wasn't sure if I was creeped out or if things were funny. Like, I couldn't decide half the time with him. <laughs> and <then laughs> it like, was weird. <laughs> and then, like, the whole Peach Fuzz character... It's just nuts. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Which was the original title for the film, too, by the way. Really? Yeah, they were going to call it Peach Fuzz. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Weird. Yeah. So I'd watch, yeah. Well, this is what I find interesting about the movie. Um, And according to IMDb here, it says, uh, since the movie was based on a series of conversations... Between um, Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass, uh, most of it was improvised. This led to a lot of scenes being shot and result and screened in front of their peers, which is what pushed this psychological black comedy into a psychological horror after the advice of their friends and has at least three other alternate endings. Now, I find that extremely fascinating. Now, there's a lot of these filmmakers, much like Mark Duplass, um, a lot of uh, you know current filmmakers that are getting far more experimental in their in their films, uh, in their storytelling and narratives. I'm trying to think now of um, oh gosh, dang it, I can't remember the film or the filmmaker where the entire movie was completely improvised, like all the dialogue and everything, just like the characters were drinking buddies. That sounds familiar. Maybe it was that. Well, were, were you t- were you talking horror or just no? Just in general, general movie in general. Maybe um, it was drinking buddies. I know drinking buddies was. I'm pretty sure that was all improvised. Really? Yeah. Huh. As far as I know. But see, m- more of that kind of stuff is happening, and I think, and I know Mark Duplass is very experimental like that as well. But what I find fascinating is like a lot of times when it happens, it's it's still like in the tone of what the movie you know, what they what they want the movie to be, you know. And it happens a lot in comedy, especially in your like um um what's his name's movies? God damn it. You know with that guy. Give me a hint. Super bad Jonah Hill? No the Judd Apatow? Judd Apatow, Apatow stuff. 
mm. a lot of improvising going on in, in those films. But it's still for comedy and whatnot. I find this really interesting that it kind of felt like they were going in a more dark comedy realm. But uh, once they shot a bunch of stuff and showed it, it leaned more into the horror, so they decided to keep going in that direction. Yeah, that's very cool. That's a very cool experiment. Well, yeah, I, and I can totally see that from watching like the beginning portions of the movie. Like, it's like I said, like it was just walking such a fine line, and it was just super dark and weird, but kind of hilarious too. Mm-hmm. And I'm so conflicted. Yeah, but. me too. And 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 I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was on purpose by having Mark Duplass be the the guy on camera. And first of all, I don't know if you said it because I had to step out, Terry. But I don't know if you said it. There's only there's only two people in this movie, and I didn't. <laughs> and it's and it's Mark Duplass and the guy filming him. So who is also the director? Who is also the director? Absolutely. So there's only two characters in this movie, one of which you don't really ever see, because you're you're watching everything through his eyes because he's filming. And there's like there's like the one time. female vo- voice actor. Voice, yeah. But that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, also great experiment to be able to pull that off. Um, but what are you shaking your head about? It? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but but I lost my train of thought. Oh. So I totally forgot what yeah. I was saying. Uh, there were only two oh. actors. Yeah, well, yeah, only two actors. But in having Mark Duplass play the one that's on camera the whole time, and just knowing him, knowing what probably the audience's perception of him based on his acting history, mm-hmm. that um, that it was probably intentional to put him in that part and have a lot of those moments be border such the borderline of creepy and comedy yeah you know i mean i think if it was like any other actor that bathtub scene would have played a lot creepier than (laughs) than it did yeah i mean and if i go back and watch it again i'm sure that i might see some of those scenes as more creepy knowing the outcome but yeah it was yeah but yeah overall i mean what'd you guys think i i liked it I liked it, but I'm like Sam, like I was, I, maybe my expectations were a little higher because I'd seen a lot of really good reviews of it. I liked it, but I think I was expecting a bit more from it at the same time, which is bad. I shouldn't have expectations, but I did. Well, yeah, and it's easy to, it's easy with this movie to have a higher expectation because again, it's just, it's just two guys and a camera, really. Yeah. No, there's. It's still really good though. There's mm-hmm. great moments of suspense, mm-hmm. and uh, B, I I do like what you were saying. I did I didn't know it was like fully improvised. So was it like entire scenes were improvised? Because like I know Mark Duplass and his brother, the way they shoot a lot of their movies is to, you know, like they'll know what the scenes are more or less, but, like, they'll improvise kind of the dialogue and whatnot. So I don't know if it was more like that or more like... I think it was probably know, more the dialogue, the way this... Or more like, yeah. The way it sounds like to me. David Lynch, you know, like, like, Inland Empire, for example. I think that movie was, like, 
completely improvise, just like shot scene at a time. Now that's mm. a movie. Yeah. Mm. Commentary. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> People would lose interest after the first half hour. And it's what, yeah. three hours? Something? Jesus. It's a long one. Yeah. But it's David Lynch, so <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I have a feeling it was probably, I mean, like, I think they still had their kind of basic story structure, but just the, mm-hmm. like, they knew the outcome and whatnot, but the, uh, the dialogue, I think, was what was mostly improvised. Because it also oh, yeah. it also says that this is supposed to be part one of a trilogy. What? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna That's make the same a trilogy. Guy? I'd assume, you know, because I mean, it's obviously you learn quickly. This isn't the first time he's done this, right? But I don't know how I feel about that. Because I mean, the whole when you watch this movie for the first time is you're kind of walking that line and you don't know exactly what's going on but if you go into a trilogy with the same character you're already going to know that and I don't think it'll be creepy at all well yeah which means they'd have to do something completely different if they yeah. want to use the same character so but if if they have a plan in place I would like to think that they've already got stuff like that figured out but I don't know. And this was and this was made exclusively for Netflix. This was a uh, um distributed uh for Netflix first, so which I also thought was interesting. Although I hate the poster that they have on yeah. Netflix. So it gives away the freaking you know, spoilers, but gives away the freaking final shot of the movie. God damn it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks so. for ruining another movie for me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Take that. Yeah. You mean no? It doesn't. What are you talking about? Isn't that the one where uh, where he's on the stairs? Like the the final shot of like Mark Duplass lunging at the camera. Surprise! Oh. Surprise! He's nuts. That 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 was the poster. Or maybe that's like, uh, maybe if you, uh, oh no, you're right. That, the poster is him standing at the, the top of the stairs, backlit. Yeah. yeah, if you, if you, um, I remember now, if like you, you click on it and then it shows you like images of the film on the, on the top of the screen, you know, before uh, you hit play. Yeah. That final shot is one of the images. My bad. What? Yep. That's what Netflix. it was. Netflix. Yeah, fuckers. Well, it's all movies nowadays. I'm with Dustin. Like, when he goes to put in a movie, he like, if he lets it sit on the menu screen for more than a second, you'll be surprised. Because like, yeah, what they reveal in they the sh- title. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone has seen it. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen uh, uh, the one I love? Not to digress too much, but like, that's like another. Mark trippy Mark Duplass movie. Mm-mm. I always want to, I but I never click on it. It's really good. Damn. Did you get? Uh, is it, I don't know if it's Mark Duplass <laughs> or not, but did you guys see what was the one on the island? It's also kind of a horror film. Some say thriller. 
I don't. But it's <laughs> but wait, it's like three three girls on this island or whatever. And one of the girls is his real life wife who's also on the league. What the hell's the name of that movie? They're on an island? There you go making stuff up again. Yep, that's oh, me. Oh shit. Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. It's definitely Mark Duplass in it? No, uh, his <laughs> wife is definitely in it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. What's his wife's name? Um, (laughs) Jenny. That's all I can. Jenny (laughs) from the league. Uh, Katie. Jenny. Aselton. Yeah, Aselton. There you go. That sounds like a word. Blackrock. That's the one. Blackrock. Never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Really? Really? Oh, and she directed it too. But Mark wrote it. Mark and her wrote it. She directed it, and she acts in it. It's also got uh, Kate Bosworth in it. Huh. Hmm. Eh, and Lake Bell. Um, and Lake Bell. Uh, three childhood friends. Yeah, see, right there. Horror slash thriller. What does that even mean? Um, three childhood friends set aside their personal issues and... Reunite for a girls' weekend on a remote island off the coast of Maine. One wrong move turns their weekend getaway into a deadly fight for survival. So I've been wanting to see that one, but haven't gotten around to it. I have so a question I'm about if it. anybody else had seen it. Is it um, put out by Blumhouse? Nope. Then so why the fuck are we Uber. talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That was Next. a tangent and a half, you Duplass-ians. <laughs> I didn't know. What? It. They could bring up the five other Duplass movies that we brought up I... during this conversation, but I bring up Black Rock and that derails the freaking show. Yep. That's all I gotta say. You're not saying anything. Nobody can see you. <laughs> except me. <laughs> and you're pointing at a funny picture of Jason Manzukis. Did you guys, uh... Did you guys see dark? Ever see Dark Skies? Yes. Nope. 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 What did you think of that one, Terry? I, I kind of liked it. It was an alien movie, uh, alien invasion, um, and it had uh, Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. I like her. Um, has J.K. Simmons too? Yeah, J.K. Simmons is awesome. And uh, and he was awesome in it too. And he he for me was like that moment of the point of no return, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it kind of feels like, okay, all hope is lost. Cuz you're thinking, okay, how are they going to get out of this situation? How are they going to survive all this, you know? And basically JK Simmons says like, "Nope, you not nah, you can't." <laughs> so many <laughs> you're, words. You're fucked. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I liked it. I mean, it didn't get a ton of good reviews, but... Well, yeah. I liked it, too, honestly. And I think, well, one, I most I mainly watched it, f- again, for this episode. So I avoided the movie just because I, I was under the assumption it was another, you know, found footage style. You know, and just, you know, felt like at that time I had seen, like, three or four found footage alien movie, alien abduction movies. So I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not in the mood for another one. 
No, it had really good production value. But yet, no, it was a complete, you know, regular narrative film. And but it did well. It uh, three point five budget, twenty seven point nine, um, um, yes. gross. So. But I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's like you said, J.K. Simmons was awesome. Um, yeah. I, well, I watched this one back um, for one of our yearly top ten episodes. I think it was on my top ten one year, 2013 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could I could see that. It was um, good. I, I, it really felt like polter, poltergeist-like, but with aliens. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it for mm-hmm. sure had the same kind of tone to it yeah i mean there was because there was even those moments like their first their first real um or at least the the wife's first real experience with this alien phenomenon was all the all the weird shit stacked in the kitchen mm-hmm. which was just like to me that's what made me think of poltergeist like right yeah. away like oh this is the chair scene in poltergeist <laughs> <clears throat> So, yeah, but basically, to sum up the film, did you do a, a summary, or already? Uh, I forgot nope. already. All right. So, <laughs> this this uh, family of four, right? Was there only two kids? Yeah. Okay. Two kids. Uh, two sons. Um, one grade school, grade school age, and the other one, what, like middle school age, maybe? Yeah. Um... And they're getting, there's like weird things happening at night, wakes up the wife and she goes downstairs and notices weird things and, you know, sometimes their house alarm will go off and, and, but there's nothing in that, no one in the house and, but basically, uh, you know, weird things are happening and it's, and a lot of weird things are happening with the youngest son and come to find out it's it's aliens and these aliens have uh, picked them for some reason and i shouldn't be doing descriptions of movies <laughs> you're doing better than i would cuz i really? haven't seen it for a couple years so well i just recently watched it so i don't have an excuse <laughs> exactly i know <laughs> but it was it, from what i remember it was definitely a little different from a lot of alien films that i'd seen like it was like an I don't more like an alien possession. Uh, it was almost like the aliens were kind of like they were ghost like. Well, yeah, know. because you get that kind of impression from it that it is kind of more of a ghosty thing or a demon yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, just because, and the only you're only real. I guess, I guess it'd be nice to go into this movie without already knowing it was aliens and to see if I would have made those assumptions. You know, because. Yeah. Because going into it knowing that it was aliens, it's like, oh, it's just aliens. But now peeling it back, it's like there's a lot of things that go on. Like, you know, the little kid, they find the little kid, like, zombified in the front yard in the middle of the night. And, yeah. And a lot of weird stuff like that. And Well, and I think my favorite parts of the movie were, like, after the whole family, like, they weren't denying it anymore, but yeah. it was only happening to them, so no one else believed them. So it was, you know, kind of the same sort of a ghost scenario there, too, you know? Yeah, and you have, like, weird things happening with animals, like, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the, that scene where all the birds attack the house and die. Yeah. Just crash it's into intense. the windows and stuff, yeah. 
I like some of the subtler things too. That like every night when she wakes up and she goes downstairs, you can hear one of the neighborhood dogs barking in the background. Mm-hmm. Which you know you kind of write off. It's like okay, it's late at night. You know, this is just kind of some of the suburban noises you hear in the middle of the night, right? Um, but then there's that conversation when they're sitting down in J.K. Simmons' apartment, and he talks about how like you know. Um, he, he's going through the checklist, asking them if they've experienced these things, like weird animal f- phenomenons. And, you know, and they bring up the thing about the birds, and he talks about how, like, you know, um, uh, dogs. Dogs seem to really react to uh, to um, these aliens or whatever, to these phenomenons. And then that made me instantly think, like, damn it, every time she got up in the middle of the night, that dog in the neighborhood was barking. You know, but it wasn't yeah. force fed to you. It just felt like it just felt kind of like a natural element thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> my only real problem with the movie maybe is when the when when the shit gets really weird in the third act, and you know, there's like bright lights shining through the through the windows and through the doors, and they have the shotgun. He shoots the shotgun out the out the front window. They're in a suburban neighborhood. Like, how did the neighbors not notice any of that? Yeah. I don't remember if that was, if any of that was explained. It's been so a while since I've seen it, but... Yeah, they just start going batshit crazy. You'd mm-hmm. think that someone would take note. All the nosy suburban neighbors. The burbs. Yeah. Or, or it could be, because it's, it's, it's shown a lot throughout the movie that the, uh, the aliens are obviously manipulating their minds, making them see things and do things. Right. Some, so who's to say how much of what happened in the third act was physically happening? Exactly, yeah. So that could be a thing, too. Yeah, I mean, and, like, they're, they're so-called, like, what I'm assuming is they were trying to write off as kind of a... Surprise ending. It didn't really seem like much of a surprise to me. I kind of saw that coming, didn't you? I don't even remember what the ending was. Well, spoiler alert! But uh, <laughs> they assumed it was. It, they assumed it was the one kid the aliens were after, but it was actually the other one. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of saw that coming. But at the same time, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I saw, oh, this movie sucks. I saw that twist coming a mile away. If I can guess the twist and that happens, I get excited because I'm like, oh, obviously that's what I wanted to see because that's what I'm guessing. So they're giving me what I wanted to see. So, you know, there's just that one moment, too, when J.K. Simmons is talking about how... um, like he makes one statement in there that kind of sold it to me when he said something about like uh keep your family close together mhm you know and and throughout this whole movie the older child is keeps himself so separated from his parents from his brother he's always sneaking off and and yeah. smoking pot with his little rat face buddy and all this stuff and so at that moment I'm like up oh, the alien, the the aliens are going after the other kid, not the not the one that the parents think that's going after. So, but the, there was some there were some neat things in the reveal that I didn't see coming, like 
explaining that, like, you know, when they, some other things that they set up about how the kid was sick when he was a baby and stuff, and... Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a solid movie. Yep. Yep, definitely better than I anticipated. Very good. Very good flick. Oh, man. What other Bloomhouse movies, guys? Blum. That's another Damn one. Damn it! Blum. <laughs> God. Three. Blum. How am I up to? Three. That's it? Speaking of Not J.K. Too bad. Simmons, this isn't a horror movie, but Blumhouse did produce <laughs> Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Yes. awesome movie. Fucking awesome. Academy yeah. Award nominated movie. Winning movie. Oh, did it win? Mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons won for Best Supporting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think it He's won a man. couple of others for, like, sound design or something. But it got nominated Best Picture, though, too, didn't it? It did. It didn't win that, Yeah, though. it didn't win that. Um, yeah. Roger Corman can't say that. <laughs> Charles Band can't say that. No. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That's pretty awesome. We're not going to talk about it. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, no. We can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've talked about it on the show before, but again, like, I'm just impressed by some of the caliber of of filmmakers that, they, that they've that they worked with. You know, you got M. Night for, with The Visit. Um, you've got Rob Zombie, um, Lords of Salem. I was so shocked to find out that uh, that, that was a... Blumhouse production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that either until, until was, you know, you presented us the list. Yeah, there was a lot of shockers on that list, mm-hmm. um, but that one was was quite a shocker and and awesome. I'm am glad that is. I I hope they continue to make movies together. Maybe the biggest name yet, Chris Mulkey in The Purge. <laughs> I mean, Fuck yes. come on! <laughs> I love that guy. Isn't he awesome? Me too. I hate the fact that you guys work with him and I haven't met him. <laughs> He'd probably look at my Twin Peaks tattoo and go, "Douchebag, get out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> nah, he wouldn't do that. Totally worth it. Yeah. Should have came with us though, Crypticon. Good point. Mm-hmm. That's nope. all I got. Fair enough. enough. <laughs> Should have paid for my other uh, Horicon trip. But... Oh well. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, the Purge movies, I, I, man, I love those. I, I really, again, hope they keep going with those. And that's what's awesome about them is like one of the first things we said when we got out of watching it was like they can just keep going. And going yeah, and going. It's like, really smart. And I, I liked the second one even better than the first one. Well, yeah, because that's the one everybody wanted to see. They wanted yeah. to see what's going on in the streets, not what's going on in Ethan Hawke's house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, I don't get me wrong, I still really like the first Purge. I think, you yeah, know... Yeah, it was good. I think, I, I think it was good for the first of this franchise. Now, if, yes. if this if that one would have been the second or third one, then then maybe not so much. But uh, yeah. to kind of kick things off, um, what this world is all about, then I think yeah, that's a, to set it up and yeah. so you know what's going on for mm-hmm. sure. And this should be this should be the paranormal 
Paranormal Activity franchise, the the Saw franchise, the Friday Thirteenth franchise, where we get a new one every year, and they can always release them right on the night of the purge, which is that would be brilliant. awesome. Like the same, yeah, yeah. That would be a brilliant marketing idea for you guys, because I'm sure that the production company is listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Jason. Blum was going to be on tonight. He just oh. he was in production on some. I can't. Well, he heard me mispronounce his name. Said, "Fuck this show." Yeah. <laughs> well, there is, and there is going to be a third one out this. I believe it's this next year. It better oh, be really? this next year. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I only know this for for a fact because, um, oh my God, help me out, John. The guy, he, he's a buddy of yours. The guy from um, Chrome Chrome Skull. Nick Principe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Well, that's actually Sam's buddy. But, oh, Sam's uh, buddy. I'm sorry. I knew it was one of you guys. And, you know. <laughs> I, but, I love his work. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous of Sam. <laughs> well, <laughs> mostly just because of his hair. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, weren't you saying? Weren't you saying, Sam, that he was that he was working on the third purge? Yeah, I'm. Nice. They're probably done shooting it now. They were shooting in Rhode Island here, and but he was talking about it. He said it's pretty nuts. Like they're. Uh, you know, I probably shouldn't say much, but I guess it's going to be pretty good. I, I actually, I haven't seen any of the Purge movies, not completely, so mm. I can't yeah. re- really comment. Interesting. But, uh, but no, after hearing him talk about it, though, I'm excited to see that one, at least. <laughs> well, was he, was, so, yeah. was, was he in any of the others, though? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right. For some reason, I thought he was in the second one too, but um, maybe not. Well, no. it looks like Purge. Like it has um, the same guy who played Sergeant in the second movie. Oh yeah. The, the guy with like the black car that went all crazy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Vigilante guy. Yeah. Well, they could keep going that route. I mean, I'd be, I would be happy with them just being, um, you know, a whole new cast every, every film. You know, just yeah, in a different city or something. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was hoping for. It was like different, uh, area, like different economic areas mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I mean, like the one franchise where. The idea is the is the recurring character, you know. Right. Yeah. Not like the same slasher. Or yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. And another surprise for me um, with the uh, Bloom House <sighs> or <laughs> productions um, was the Bay. Because that was directed by Barry Livingston. Levinson. Livingston. No G. Levinson. 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 The guy who directed... Rayman? Rayman, yeah. Rayman and Diner. It was awesome. I loved that movie. I thought it was really, really good. It's probably... Nobody knows If I were to make a top ten, like, found footage or documentary style films, that would be in the top ten for sure. I may have to make a list now. Um, 
And then when I saw it was directed by Barry. <laughs> Just look at the letters and say them. Levinson. Lev. Levinson. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> um, that, uh... I just was well. First of all, shocked that he made that movie. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. not a movie you would expect from from him. At least the the type of films that he has made, and then to see the connection to um, um, Blumhouse is crazy as well. You know, so it's interesting in this short period of time the different filmmakers that they've worked with with these different productions. So, but the awesome. Bay lost money. Yeah, the Bay is one of those though ha- that unfortunately did lose lose money. But again, it's just like, what the what's the risk? You know, like let's see. But it's also one of the higher rated on like Rotten Tomatoes. And oh, for real? It has like seventy seven, according to. Oh these. yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it didn't lose much. Right. Uh, Two million was the budget. One point six was the gross. So. Is this one still on Netflix? I know it was. It was for a long time. It was for a long time. I I kind of hope it is. I really want to go back and watch it again. It was good. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. It's pretty pretty gross. Those little parasite silverfish looking things. Mm. Just dead bodies in the streets everywhere. Very awesome. Very awesome. Very. Very John, did you see the Bay? No, but now I kind of want to. I think you I mean, should. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's... I think you should, and it's 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 pieced together um, like with like like news stories and stuff, and amongst the um, um, the found footage element. So it's all it's all pieced together really well. Um, that sounds awesome. It is very awesome, and it's 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 got some really gross, gory moments in it, and some really suspenseful stuff, especially like really before you understand, we fully understand what the because uh, there's that scene, my favorite scene in that movie, um, is when the cops go to that house, and they go inside, and all you hear is just like the voices of the cops, and and and. The gunfire and stuff like that, and then that one cop coming out, just like in like a zombified gaze, and you don't, and that's really before we truly know the extent of what was going on. So you're like, oh, is this like a zombie outbreak? What the hell's going on? And that was just, that was a really creepy moment because one, you don't see what's going on in the house; you're just getting all the audio, which was really cool. So, yeah, I always thought it was one of those films that was greater than the sum of its parts. It's like it's not, it's not a perfect movie. It's not no, but like the heart's there, and like you just it, it it doesn't even necessarily look good. Uh, to to read it when I see it on Netflix, I'm just like oh whatever, skip, you know. But like sure. when I watched it, I was just like, damn, it actually was pretty good. <laughs> totally. Totally. So and and like I said, I know I've 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 talked about the Bay before. So oh man, but again, like a lot on a lot of cool stuff on this list. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, the 2014 version, which yeah, I love. Was, 
That movie is so good. Wait, did I hear a groan? John, god damn it. I'm sorry, what? I just... I didn't like it. <laughs> oh. I hate everything! Haven't you figured that out? No, you don't. You like knock-knock. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the Town Dread set-down you didn't like? It was brilliant! I didn't even like the original. I was so bored. Well, if that's yeah. the case, then fine. I, I will understand, but if you... If you like the original at all, I would think that you would love this version. Just because it's I not just, a remake. Uh, it's not even really a sequel, which is the crazy part. Yeah. I just I just couldn't get into it. I I tried watching it like three times, and every time I got bored, fell asleep. Dang. Got a little bit farther each time, but just... <laughs> I thought it was much better paced than the original. Yeah, I did not like the I, original at all, but I thought... This was yeah. brilliant. Why? Do, I, I really want to know, and this is directed towards my friends that actually listen to this podcast, <laughs> that like the original, why? It's, there's there's right. nothing good about it. It is so fucking boring. That's why you need, we need Justin here for that. <laughs> no, to answer don't. that. He bullshit an answer He's for just going to drive over to my house and punch me. Yeah. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Maybe you listen to his commentary track and you'll know. <laughs> Uh-huh. Plug in my brother. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I I still like the original, but I understand where you're coming from. It can it just definitely is is slow. It is a slow film. And I don't mind slow films, but just they've gotta be good. Yeah. It wasn't even like straight up horror, like it was so goofy at so many yeah. points. But I think, like, the fact that, now, I mean, this came from the era where we were led to believe that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real and blah, blah, blah. But this this one was, like, literally based on real events. And I think that gives it a crutch to stand on as far as accepting the goofiness or the slow pacing of it. It makes it a little more creepier knowing that there was this actually happened and it is un- unsolved so yeah, it was pretty fucked when uh, Nalani and I was on tour last summer we went through we played a show in Texarkana mm. and in the bar that we played it was kind of a roadhousey kind of bar there's a fucking original poster on the wall and like tons of like memorabilia things, and it was just like this is f- what? Wow! So that's I just... didn't think about it until we were in there, and I'm like, wait a minute, what town was it? Oh my god, this is the fucking town. They like this. They don't like this movie, but they don't. Well, it's weird. I mean, it kind of seems like there's a, there's a little bit of it that has embraced it a little yeah. bit in that town. It's not like when you go to Wisconsin, you go to Eugene's no. hometown, and they. Basically, when they find out why you're there, they they run you out of town. They um, don't have T-shirts and no, no, no. bumper stickers and they don't have onesies. They don't have shrines <laughs> to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho in the hometown of Edgeen. Um Ask Justin that story too, um, but uh, yeah, but like they they it's it's a little more accepted there. Like it was they cool know. Seeing a- that there's a following for the film, at least, and 
Because even the even this one, the 2014 one, was filmed there as well. That'd be mm-hmm. like again trying to make a a biopic about Jeffrey Dahmer and the building where it all happened. Like that would never fly. Anybody see Unfriended? I I've heard good things about that. I do want to see that. I do too, and I am intrigued. Again, I get I so get easily get suckered into the uh, um, to the gimmicks of the, of some of these films, but the whole fa- the the fact that the whole movie is is shot on webcam, um, by people sitting at people sitting at laptops. Like over I'm, Skype, right? I'm yeah. cool with that. Have you guys seen the... Uh, oh, me well, too. That's what makes off, me want to see it. Off subject, sort of, but have you seen The Den? I think that's what it's called. Um, it's on Netflix, no. but it was all like through you know Skype and stuff like that. and It, it was a great uh, horror flick, so I think that's why Unfriended might be pretty good. Yeah. I gotta look that movie up. It looks like they're already making an Unfriended 2. Unfriend Harder. The number (laughs) 2. The the number 2, not T-O-O. Oh. Unfriended 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it got me scared to watch it because we spend a lot of time on Skype, guys. We do. So, so I don't want to see anything that's messes with that at all. Eh. No? You're not afraid? You're not scared? Scared. No. Not unless we keep talking about it. But none of us have seen it? No. Hmm. Nope. Lame. Great flick, everybody. Yeah, good one. Pick another one. Yeah, check, check it out. <laughs> um, has anyone seen The Gift? I haven't seen it. Oh, I want to see that. It looked really good, and it had a really it had a pretty big release. Yeah, and it's not related to the Sam Raimi one. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, okay, no. that's good. I thought it, I just assumed it was a sequel or something. Or a... no, it's the one with um. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman and Joel Kirtan. Jason Bateman's an amazing actor, and to see him in a different role, like he's always, you know, that goofy, kind of loser-ish kind of guy, but to see him in a serious thriller... Uh. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, To see him in a horror movie like this, uh, it really intrigues me, and I really want to see this. Yeah, no, it looked really good. Like, and I really like Joel Edgerton too. And it looks like yeah. he actually wrote and directed it as well as starred in it. So that's really, awesome. oh, wow. yeah, I didn't know what that. What else is he done? Because I'm, I'm not familiar with him. Um, he's oh, one hey. of the guys in Warrior, which is an amazing movie, and that's what I'm remembering. Oh yeah, he is good. I don't know what you're talking about. Warrior? Oh my god, watch that movie. It's him and Tom Hardy. Oh, and it's a- you said the magic word, Tom Hardy. It's about like <laughs> UFC fighters, yeah. and it's like, oh, I okay, I kind of know what you're talking so about. Hard. <laughs> that's such a good movie. But anyway, brother that's against not... brother. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I just really I just know him from Ned Kelly. 
with uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, well, there's always the the Insidious films. I mean, those are pretty big ones. We talk about those quite a bit. But yeah, classics. Those those are Blumhouse. Uh, Blumhouse. Blumhouse. <laughs> um, and the pair. I mean, there are some newer Paranormal Activity films that I haven't seen. Because there's the marked ones, and what's the newest one? Ghost, uh, Ghost dimension? dimension or something? Has anyone seen any of those newer ones? I've heard uh, Marked Ones is really good. But that's about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I think I've only seen the first three, I believe. And I enjoyed them. They're like, good, for real? Yeah, no, like, I was so, sort of torn about the first one. I saw the first one in the theater, and I was like, oh, well, you know. It was whatever. I wasn't super excited about it. And then I went ahead and gave the second film a shot. And it actually ended up making me like the first one better. Hmm. Kind of kind of similar. Because it was to so an- shitty, you're like, thank God there was the first no, one. No, like the way they linked this, like the storyline. Oh. How they, like, kind of the way, same way with Insidious and Insidious 2. Oh, they just gave you some more Yeah, they like, story. yeah. Except Insidious was better than Paranormal Activity. But after I watched Insidious 2, I was like, oh my god, I love this franchise so much now. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'd say that about Paranormal Activity, but Mm -hmm. it was, I I enjoyed it more after watching like the second and third films, for sure. And I think the third film was actually, it was really good compared to some of the others that I'd seen. So I'd be interested in seeing some of the ones that came after that. I don't know why I really stopped watching them, but they're not bad. I mean, you don't like ghosts and stuff, so... Well, uh, yeah, so I'm not, like... It's not on the top of my list by any means, but... Right. You could give them a shot. They're good for found footage and all that as well. That's cool. Have you guys seen them all? The other guys? I've only seen the first one. It's a good one. So they've got, what, five of them now? It looks like? Yes, five. And I th- there's probably another one in the making. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what uh, he's doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone else seen any other... Blumhouse movies? Like Ouija? Has anyone seen that one? <laughs> no. Nope. 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 <laughs> Why not? Just because of the name? Yeah. No, you, I'll admit that, that Ouija boards kind of freaked me out a little bit. For real? I don't know why. Like, I think... Uh, the, the one or two times I ever used one with someone, like, they were just really good at creeping me out. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> And I just always remember, like, my mom told me stories about when she was younger and the planchette, like, flying off the board and stuff. And I'm like, uh uh-huh, okay, mom, yeah. But even if I think it's full of shit, like, that's still, it's in my brain. So it's, like, in the back there, like, oh, maybe that really did happen, huh? It did. And that's that's why you weren't creeped out at Halloween of Palooza, because we didn't have batteries. 
Right, right. Yeah. So that Ouija board didn't bother you. Right. Oh. The one. That's true. I never saw you in that room at the same time. (laughs) There's. It looks like they have a couple of uh, TV shows that they do too. There's one called Elevator, which um, I'm not. I just want to watch it because the name is awesome. It's the Soska sisters. Oh, oh is it? Why are you growing Yeah, they're the hosts. And... Well, what's wrong with that? <sighs> Size <laughs> don't tell us things, John. I'm just going to hate everything. <laughs> no, I, I love the Soska sisters, but I just think they shot their wad with American Mary, and all they've done now is... Stuff written by other people, and they're just uh, whoring themselves out for anything and everything. And it's just, I don't know, it's just... What? Off of their name and... Yeah, I mean, I really thought they they did a great job with American Mary, but everything after that has just been such a letdown. And they're, yeah, they're really just doing stuff because of their name. Mm. And people are eating it up, but... Not me, because uh, I apparently hate everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they also did, what are these other shows? South of Hell? Anyone familiar with that? Eli Roth is involved with that? Um, sure. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Um, it's, it says Ty West might be involved in that one, though. That dude is the bomb. Yeah, I don't really know anything about that. It says that it's um, a drama, horror, mystery, thriller. I don't know. That's all I got. Has Mina Suvari in it. Or at least part of it. Uh, Yep. They also did uh, <laughs> eye candy. Anyone know that? Eye candy. It says it's a thriller TV series. Ooh, it's MTV. Blech. That Never doesn't mind. count as TV. <laughs> but it says it's it says it's based on Eye Candy by R.L. Stein, so it's based on oh, one true. of his stories. I guess Teen Wolf's on MTV, and that's a <laughs> sort of horror show. I watched the the first season. The River is also another horror show. Anyone? No. It's an ABC Uh. show. Is it? Have you seen it? No. I'm just saying what they did. Oh. (laughs) Trying to get some bites because you guys aren't giving. Yeah, we don't watch TV. Uh. Hey, V. What's that? Is that one of those things with the, the tubes and the... With, with them party <laughs> pictures and the movement. And the... That, was, that was almost a Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> right and there at the, the end. And the and pass the now. Pops. <laughs> <laughs> and the rape. Oh my anyway, Mike, that's why the new Martyrs remake is going to be amazing. <laughs> Welcome uh, back. That's fine. It could be amazing all at once. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> it's going to suck. 
It is going to suck. There's no way. There's no way. Just hands down. There's no is there way. any way? No way. There's, there... <laughs> the original is so fucking good and mm-hmm. so fucked up. I just... Yep. They can't fucking top it. How long ago was it? No, and it's not even... and There is the personal opinion of, yes, they cannot even top it. I agree with you. Yeah. As as a sort of kind of fan of that movie, <laughs> anti fan, like but I want to cry every time I see it. Oh man, oh, it messed me up. Um, I've been scared to watch it ever since. And but like, what could they do? I mean, really, like they could add English, which is what we oh, speak in this yeah, country. We love English. <laughs> English. <laughs> There's, I just don't that's think that's true. That's why they remade uh, all those awesome ones, like Wreck. Yeah. Uh huh. That worked out well. And let let the right one in. Let the right one in. Let me mm-hmm. in. And Old Rain. Town, Old Boy, <laughs> Old Boy, Old Boy. Don't even. Don't even. I haven't seen the remake, and I don't want to. But it's in English, guys. Who fucking cares? It could be better. I don't mind reading my movies. I yeah. Tried, I tried backing you up, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Were we really going on about the Martyrs remake? Oh, yeah. The That's whole time. Missed that? No. Dude, no. Just, he brought a, it up just as you came back. Is that a uh, Blumhouse production? It is, yes. What, is it really? Yeah. That is Seriously? why. Martyrs. The remake. Fuck Blumhouse, then. Hey, maybe he knows something. <laughs> you were canceling you, this episode. You just had three hours of, I love this dude, and all his decisions. <laughs> He's a genius. And then, and then what? <laughs> Record scratch. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, he obviously didn't think too much of it if it just got dumped straight to, like, video. Well, it's still in... I don't think it's been finished yet. Is oh, it? is it not? Or I thought it? it was out. Maybe it is. I don't know. What's its budget? Uh, not released here. Like 1.5 million and a layer of skin? Oh. Uh. <laughs> ah, who cares? Anyway... Any other Blumhouse productions we want to discuss? <laughs> Do you think rapping? you're saying it wrong now, and is that why you're saying I've, it? Actually, I've saying overly it, are you trying to say it wrong and you're saying it right? <laughs> no, I'm, overly, I'm like freaking out now. Oh. <laughs> I have to really stop and think about what I'm saying. Oh. Which is a first for me in life. Yeah, maybe the first time ever. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I think then, unless anybody has anything else they want to add, we can uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. 
It's great to get out to the movies. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Necronomicast. We also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Do we say horror movies? <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> and we're back from our break. And now it's time to do some segments. So let's start off as we always start off with some shout outs. Uh, shout outs. It's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Well, okay, uh, I asked um, if you guys were fans of horror films put out by Blumhouse Productions. Uh, which ones do you like? And didn't get a whole lot of responses. Um, we got a couple on Facebook. Uh, we had Derek Patelis' Ouija. Because I worked on it. That's, that's cheating or something. Somehow. We didn't discuss that. Anybody seen Ouija? We did. We kind of did, did discuss didn't. it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should have listened. But none of us have seen it, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> but the question is... How do you say it? That's the question? It's... Ouija. It's... French for yes and German for yes. We ah. Right? Yeah. There you go. Technically. And then we also. I'm just getting out of it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about it. And then we had uh, Willis Wheeler. He said Conjuring, Green Inferno. I don't think these are on the list, are they? Well, no. Oh. Yeah, they. They did the Conjuring movies and Green Inferno. Oh. And then he says, In the hell with Inshidious. <laughs> what? I guess Willis didn't like Insidious. I guess not. Yeah, that is, he's a horrible speller. Yeah, he could have just be a really <laughs> bad speller. That's possible. <laughs> Man, how do you not like... Anyway... And then on Twitter, uh, we had Sean Hutchins at FatPunk68. He says, The first paranormal left me uneasy for days. Oculus was also very effective with some creepy moments. Here, here. Okay, so we weren't going to talk about the Paranormal Activity movies, but I have to bring this up every freaking time this Paranormal Activity gets brought up. But, John, have have you seen the first Paranormal Activity? Oh, I love it. Did you watch the credits? Uh, I, yeah, but 
I don't think I really paid attention to them, but I I do love that movie. Like the credits had this weird scroll about them to the point where it, like it felt like it was just going on and on and on for like 5 minutes of scrolling. Don't credit scroll. Of but it was it but it <laughs> it looked like just nonsense. First of all, it was going so fast you couldn't read it. And second of all, it was like text that was like filling up the majority of the screen and it looks like it was trying to say something but you couldn't quite make it out and it kind of freaked me out you had a moment i had a little bit of a moment where the credits of this movie freaked me out are they trying to tell you something that's that's quite what i was thinking like because you you get the final image of the movie and that i won't spoil because some people still haven't seen it (laughs) um and then it goes into the credits, and then these credits start acting really weird, and I'm like, is my DVD possessed right now? What's going on? <laughs> really? Just me? I guess I don't remember. Maybe I haven't ever watched the credits. I mean, we are probably the, the last way. two people who watch all the credits. I think we are. I mean, I saw, I think the only time I've ever seen it was in the theater, and I don't know if, I don't remember staying. Well, you should have stayed, because afterwards Samuel Jackson comes out. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he's like... He's got an eye patch. Ghost, we need you on our team. <laughs> on our motherfucking team. On our motherfucking team. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn it. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. And that's shout-outs. No shout-outs. <laughs> okay, so... Terry, unfortunately, doesn't have a segment for this episode. Aww. Aww, yeah, that is sad. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But John has a segment. Do you have a title for your your segment? Fuck no. Okay, so here's Judd Stalter with Fuck No! Fuck no! So, uh, I don't know how many people out there that listen to this podcast or even the people that, you know, are in the group, uh, care, but, uh, last Friday I got to see one of my favorite musicians of all time, King Diamond. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you guys care. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome. Keep going. Tell us. I have been a huge fan of King Diamond for many, many, many years. For a few reasons. Uh, He always incorporates horror into his music. Mm -hmm. And most of his albums, not all of them, but most, are always uh, concept albums. So they always have a story. It's kind of like a little little musical, if you will. Um, And this tour in the U.S., which I think is like the second one in probably a couple decades, uh, he was playing my favorite album, one of my favorite Mm -hmm. albums of all time, Abigail. In its entirety. Nice. For those of you that don't know, Abigail is about a couple that moves into a house. There's a ghost. People die. People get possessed. You know, not a happy ending. Um, 
I do recommend this album to anybody that does love horror. They they might not necessarily get into the vocals because King Diamond is known for his high pitched falsetto <laughs> vocals. Yeah. Uh, which when I was younger I thought was a huge joke. But uh-huh. as I grew up and, you know, appreciated metal a little bit more, I, I like it now and I, I can't imagine his music without it. But uh it was like oh, how do I how do I describe this? It was it was like seeing a musical uh a metal musical. The stage had stairs on both sides and a platform in the back and he was all over the place. There were performers, there was a woman that played one of the characters who's supposed to, you know, be the pregnant woman that becomes possessed. Um it was yeah, it was seriously like watching a heavy metal musical. Awesome. With the most amazing light show I've ever seen in person. And I mean this is hands down the best show I've ever seen live. Oh and wow. I've been cool. to hundreds and hundreds of concerts. But seeing King Diamond and he's he's in it he's fifty nine. Mm, that dude I was didn't ask skip a beat. if he was wheeled out or whatever. Well, it's funny <laughs> you should say old. that because grandma, which is part of one of the songs, she was wheeled out at the very beginning of the concert, but uh <laughs> it was it was hands down the best show I've ever seen. Sweet. I mean, wow. the place was packed. It was at the Aragon Ballroom in uh, Chicago, Pretty. which was a very fitting uh, venue because there was like the ceiling was uh, supposed to be like a sky with with stars and everything, and there were swords around the stage. Uh, it was, yeah, it was hands down the best thing I've ever seen live. And uh, I kind of, I kind of wish more people got into the uh, King Diamond. Sweet, that's very. And awesome. The album's called what? Abigail. Cool, I'm getting it tonight. And you're probably gonna hate it because of the vocals. Oh no, his, I've his, never heard his, his stuff. His falsetto before. vocals are really difficult to get into. It is. Oh yeah, I've heard of. I mean, it's a yeah. very '80s thing, but oh man, he fucking pulled it off live. I mean, everybody in the band pulled it off so well. It's. It, it was an experience, and it sounds like he's been canceling the last two or three dates because of laryngitis and whatnot. So oh, it's no. pretty much it's lucky that I got to see him in Chicago. But it's a nice change of pace in metal to get that falsetto vocals from him. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, especially when you get into like death metal and, and can, stuff like can that. Can you just where... give us an example? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mike, you got some. Oh, I to remember that one song that we had on the loop at uh, at our shop. Um, I think it was called Egypt, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. It was seriously the best show I've ever seen. I mean, you're talking. About I've never seen here. a stage show like that with with the performers and. So very theatrical. Oh yeah, as, and as more that's not something I usually go for because I mean I'm I like black metal and death metal and everybody's all angry and shit. This was a different kind of angry. <laughs> this is more evil. Nice. And you're pretty biased. You've been listening to King Diamond for a long time. Yeah. I mean, what's, what year did Abigail come out? Uh, eighty-seven. Okay, so oh. a little while. Yeah, and well, you know, a lot of uh, King Diamond's albums are uh, concept albums. Uh-huh. So I, I I like that I like I like a story with with the albums from time to time. So 
but he he's good at what he does and he he pulled it off better than I ever could have imagined. I saw it with three other guys and we all agreed that it was one of the best shows ever. That's awesome. That's very cool. Very and you nice. can't beat a beat a metal album with ghosts and, you know, possession and death and yeah. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've definitely um have dipped my toes into the world of metal quite a bit and that's and King Diamond comes from the era of the metal that I like, you know, a lot of the new stuff I don't I just don't care. Um so, but I'm not saying I'm the most knowledgeable, so can you give me some insight here on um, Merciful Fate and why he why he left them and just did King Diamond or uh, what what happened? What was that I'm not about? I'm really sure why he split, but Merciful Fate was uh, the band that I wasn't his first band, but it was the band oh, that okay. got well the band that got signed and everything and. He kind of uh, cut his teeth on the theatrics there and the vocals. And uh, in the early 80s, he split off from them, did his own solo career under the King Diamond moniker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, but he, he regrouped with uh, Merciful Fate in the early 90s for like four or five albums. Oh, okay. Um, but he's, yeah, he's always just had this kind of theatrical presence. Um, I know at least in the early part of the 80s, his microphone had a skull on it, which he named (laughs) Melissa, which is after one of uh, Merciful Fate's albums and one of the songs on on that album. Uh, That was actually stolen at one point from one of the shows. Now he uses, I think what's supposed to be a femur and something else. It's in the shape of a cross. That's the microphone. That's what he used when I saw him, and he was... Yeah, all over the stage with that. But he he just has this evil presence on stage. He uses uh, essentially corpse paint. I mean, he white and black makeup. Um, but man, he's just so good live. I really wish you guys could have seen that. Like, I can't I can't really describe how amazing it was for a metal fan and for just a music fan in general. It was it was an experience that I don't think can ever be replicated. Sweet. That's awesome. Kind of wish I would have seen it. Did you bootleg any of it? Uh, yes. And actually, it's going to be... <laughs> he's actually uh, releasing a DVD of the tour. Because, oh, I mean, it's, fuck it's yeah. It's a huge deal, the fact that he played his most famous album in its entirety. He's going to release that probably next year. I know they filmed a few full concerts, like in Detroit and I think Philadelphia. So, we'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, King Diamond. King fucking Diamond. Awesome. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to the last segment of the night. And, by the way, everyone's favorite segment. It's Insane's Picks! <laughs> Okay, so I was trying to come up with a film to kind of tie it into this episode. Um, And throughout this episode, I've made a lot of comparisons to what um, Blumhouse has done versus other production companies from the past. Uh, You know, like 
you know, Roger Corman. So I thought about maybe going with a Roger Corman film. I couldn't settle on one. Then I thought about trauma. And I was like, well, I really don't feel like doing a trauma film. So then I thought about Charles Band, and I thought about Full Moon, and I decided, well, yeah, I could, I could easily th- throw a Full Moon movie in here. Um, probably one of my favorite Full Moon movies, to be honest. And it's not Puppet Master. It's not. It's not Trancers. Uh, it's not. Um, wait, did they make any other movies besides Puppet Master and uh. Trancers? Um, it's actually. One of my all-time favorites, 1992, and I think we've talked about it recently on one of the episodes, Bad Channels. Bad Channels? Bad Channels. Bad. Bad. Bad Channels. Um, what's, what is fun about this movie, it's, it's really music-centric. Um, Blue Oyster Cult does the soundtrack, but then there's also like three like independent, unknown metal bands featured in this... Uh, uh, featured in this film. <clears throat> what the film's about, a small-town DJ is held hostage by aliens during, during like, an all-day marathon. Um, and, like, there's... He's held hostage by this alien who, like, covers the studio in, like, this green fungus. And, like, the alien is some kind of plant monster creature. Uh, and he's got a little robot sidekick. It's weird and goofy, and they uh, use the radio waves to kidnap women, make a miniature, and put them in the little bottles. Um, but like when the songs come on, and these women hear them over the radio, they're put into some kind of trance that puts them into these music videos by these bands. And some of those sequences are the best parts of the movie, uh, these music videos, especially one band... I already I forgot their name again already. It's like Psycho something, and they they dress in weird costumes. One's dressed as like a cow, with like a skull face, and and um, another one's just kind of like a doctor with like a pinhead and kind of thing. And um, a really weird band, and the music is really reflective of that too. And I really enjoy the song that they have in it so much so that I bought the soundtrack to this movie um, because it's got a couple songs from that band on there. It's got like uh, the the Blue Oyster Cult um, score on it, and then two songs from each of the bands that were featured in the movie. Um, so it's it's very much a music uh, kind of like a um, Full Moon's answer to MTV in a way. It's even got Martha Quinn in it as the TV reporter love interest. Um, so. <laughs> You know the the effects are are, are goofy and sloppy. Um, there's not much that really goes on. It's all just these set pieces for the music video, but the music video portions are fun. It's funny. It's silly. It's my favorite full moon movie. Bad channels. Hell yes. Woo. <laughs> okay, so it's just me and Mike that love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a full moon box set just for this movie. No kidding. So it is on DVD in a way, or is yeah, that, was that a um, big... it's on DVD. I mean, the box set was seriously like ten dollars used, but <laughs> but it exists on DVD, and that's all I cared about. I mean, I've I had wanted to see that for years. Oh, awesome! Did you ever see? Um, I love how at one point they tried to start tying their films together like a solo universe. And did you ever see? Uh, 
Demonic Toys versus Doll Man? Um, yeah. I mean, I have it, and I watched it once, but God, it's been so long. Oh, it's horrible. First of all, the movie yeah. is like <laughs> it's like 67 minutes or something crazy like that. It's barely over an hour. Actually, I'm going to click on it here because it's right here. I need to make sure of the running time. Um... 60, oh my god, I was giving it too much credit. The movie is 64 <laughs> minutes long. That's so a TV show. A movie? Yeah, exactly. And it's constructed of majority of like scenes from earlier Full Moon movies. Yeah. It's The Hills Have Eyes Part 2 of Full Moon. It's The Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 of Full Moon. But what's hilarious about it is They've they've mashed together two franchises, Doll Man and Demonic Toys, but technically a third fran not really a franchise, but a third movie is mixed up in there as well, and that is one of the women that gets shrunk down in um, Bad Channels. If you remember the ending of Bad Channels, um, one of the girls doesn't get turned back into her normal. Like everybody's like, oh yay, it's over, and all the women are back to normal, and the alien's gone, and yay. But then at the very end, you see one girl still shrunken and trapped inside the bottle. Well, the beginning of this movie is Doll Man freeing this girl from the bottle, so it's Doll Man and this girl fighting these oversized uh, demonic toys for less than an hour. So you have. So you got to know the full context of the story, right? So the whole first half of the movie is just scenes from Dollman, Demonic Toys, and Bad Channels. So bad. So bad. But I digress. You love it. <laughs> I love Bad Channels. Oh, yes. Oh, well, that's it, guys. It's another episode wrapped up. Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Whose house? Blumhouse, yeah. Whose house? Blumhouse. I say, whose house? (laughs) Blumhouse. Say what? My ears. Sorry. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. For our annual Christmas episode, as we discuss, not Santa Claus, but another mythical Christmas-themed being. (laughs) All right, it's Krampus. So we'll talk to you next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of... (laughs) Attack of the Killer!